Welcome to the Shanna Plan. This is episode 83. Thank you for joining us for the previous episodes. We are in the thick of things for the NFL. Free agency is a fun time of year where every team has hope in the offseason. I, as always, am joined by Akash. Akash, how are you doing? Fantastic, KP. Happy new league year, as everyone is saying. I can't believe we're here already. It just felt like the 49ers season ended in Los Angeles. And we're back, uh, back with the new season. Free agency has begun, even though it's really been going on for a few days. And the 49ers have been uh, active, to say the least. I would argue that free agency has been going on for a few weeks. But, um, (laughs) (laughs) okay, let's get into it. 49ers have signed two free agents, and we will get to them. But, as always, it it has to start with the quarterback. But we were, before we even get to Jimmy, let's talk about the restructures the 49ers made. So, on Wednesday morning, 49ers had to get under the cap. And to be compliant, they chose to restructure the contracts for Eric Armstead and George Kittle. So Armstead was pretty easy. Like we knew that that was coming, but we didn't see Kittle coming in. Maybe we should have, but um, by say, by touching both of their contracts, they were able to get cap compliant and the 49ers essentially, um, or sorry, I guess let's talk about the contract. So Kittle's contract was restructured and they were able to convert 10.4 million of his salary into a signing bonus and freed up 8.3 million. And in Armstead's case, they converted 13 million of his salary into a signing bonus. They added a void year and they were able to free up 10.4 million from Armstead's contract. It should be noted that in 2025, which is the final year of Armstead's deal, uh, that money will become that 6.7 million will become dead money unless the 49ers choose to extend Armstead, which can happen. But either way, they are now cap compliant. What was your takeaway from these? We knew that the 49ers were going to do restructures or pay cuts, something to get under the salary cap. A week ago, they were one of the teams that had negative salary cap space. And one of the rules that the NFL has is when the new league year begins, which is 1 p.m. Pacific on Wednesday, March 16th, every team has to be under the salary cap. NFL is a hard salary cap, unlike the other two leagues, and it's hard capped at $208 million, I think, this season. And it's different for every team because you start with the $208 million, then they add on um, money you didn't use last season that, you know, you get that rollover money this year. And then there's some adjustments that also carry over. And adjustments are incentives that you had for certain players last season, um, like if they made the Pro Bowl or if they hit a certain, you know, yards mark or snaps mark, et cetera, they would get that money. And if they didn't hit those incentives, then that money would also carry over. So the 49ers, with those adjustments, with the rollover and with the salary cap had about $213 million to spend. And they had to be under that number coming into today. And in order to do that, we knew they were gonna restructure some players. Uh, last Earlier this week, they restructured D Ford, um, which was kind of a surprise, but they were able to save about $5 million. And then with these two moves, they saved about 19 million, about $18.8 million. Um, it ensures that Kill and Armstead are gonna be with the team for at least the next few years. I mean, their cap hits are in the high $20 million range over the next few seasons, but the cap is expected to spike with the new TV deals. So hopefully it'll it'll be all right. We thought Jimmy Ward would be another candidate. Um, there's really only four or five players that you can touch, right? It's the big money guys that you believe in, that you think are going to be healthy and with the team for a while. It really was between Armstead, um, 
Kittle, Jimmy Ward, um, and not necessarily Fred Warner, Trent Williams, because they just got their deals last season. So 49ers touch two of those contracts. They get under the cap. They're good to go. I don't think, you know, we'll probably segue into Jimmy Garoppolo, but those restructures were probably separate of the Jimmy Garoppolo trade um, because those had, because you had to have Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster when the new league year begins in order to trade him, if you, if that's what you choose to do and, and they had to be cap compliant. So it's all, it's the timing of all this stuff, but I think those things are mutually exclusive. Yeah. I think that's a good point because it seemed like what they chose to do this morning, as far as restructuring Kittle and Armstead, that, that was independent of whatever they were going to do with Jimmy. And because people are well aware of Jimmy's cap number, they think that, restructuring these contracts and some fans have even thought that the 49ers have missed out on signing a couple of guys in free agency is due to Jimmy being on the roster. And I, I just don't agree with that. I don't think that's accurate, but now let's talk about Jimmy because he is on the roster and for how long, who knows there have been reports all over the place. So NFL network from Tom Pelissero, um, from Ian Rappaport and Mike Garofolo on Tuesday, they were talking about how they think that this is going to be sort of a waiting game for Jimmy. And even NFL Network's uh, Jim Trotter said that the 49ers aren't in, quote, no panic mode when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo and, and just moving him. I think that we're just waiting on other quarterback dominoes to fall before that. But Ian Rapport went as far to say that, as far to say, it seems a little far-fetched, I would say, to imagine a trade happens any point soon which is like dang because we were thinking it's probably going to happen in the new league year it probably would have happened by now i i thought Jimmy would have gotten traded last week but um rap sheet said that there's nothing intimate intimate there as far as the colts and garoppolo go so that that's a team that would be potentially off the market um, when it comes to landing a landing spot for jimmy and by restructuring the deals for armstead and kittle that was essentially the 49ers telling us that there's not a, a move on the horizon. So that's not um, too much of a surprise there. But Pulitzer also mentioned the Texans. He said there's a good relationship with Nick Casario, who is the Texans GM, and with Jimmy Garoppolo from back when they were in New England. So that's something to keep an eye on. And then Garofolo added the Raiders as a potential match just because, again, the New England connection when Josh McDaniels was the offensive coordinator there. But Garofolo also added that now, maybe this goes into the draft. He's, he also said maybe it's somewhere after where, you know, the 49ers carry Jimmy G into the summer on the roster where he's medically cleared, can throw. That would feel like worst case scenario in my mind, just because the longer you hold on to him, like what, what are you going to get in return for him? I feel like the longer he's on the roster, the 49ers roster, the more his value depreciates and what, maybe would have felt like a second round getting back a second round for Jimmy in return would be a home run. Um, by the summer, I just can't imagine any team giving up, you know, anywhere close to that type of pick. So um, what do you think happens with Jimmy and how long do you think this goes on for? This is simultaneously one of the most fascinating things, but also one of the most annoying things because it's constantly talked about and debated, but it's also really interesting to see all the different parties at play. Right. You've got Donnie and Jimmy Garoppolo who are trying to get released um, because they ideally want to be able to choose their next destination. Right. With the new league year beginning, Jimmy Garoppolo's no trade clause is kind of out of the window. 
And so he doesn't necessarily have control over the situation. And then you have the 49ers who, as Albert Breers reported, are looking for two second round picks, maybe a second and a third round pick um, in return for Garoppolo. And then the other suitors at play have slowly started to drop off. You have the Pittsburgh Steelers who went ahead and signed Mitch Trubisky uh, for $7 million, I believe, annually. Uh, Denver Broncos originally way back when reported they went ahead and made the trade for Russell Wilson. And, you know, a lot of these teams that we thought could be Garoppolo destinations have closed up. And up, up until the Deshaun Watson news uh, from last Friday, there was really only one team that we thought would make the move, and that was the Indianapolis Colts. But it seems like they're they're kind of waiting out the market as well. And so this is all super, super interesting. And it's going to hinge on what Deshaun Watson chooses. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo isn't going to get moved until then. Because when Deshaun Watson picks the destination, that means, you know, whoever he chooses, there'll be a quarterback there. Maybe that becomes available, um, you know, with the Browns being in the Watson sweepstakes. Baker Mayfield's now upset and could be available, which throws another quarterback into the ring. So this just turns into a giant mess. Um, and ultimately, the 49ers, organizationally under Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, Prague Marathe, they never cut their losses. We've seen this time and time again. They try to maximize everything. They try to get value anywhere possible. It's, it's run like an economic exercise, right? We see that with D Ford because they just don't release. They just don't release him, even though he's barely been on the field. Um, and I think it's the same thing with Garoppolo. They're not going to release Garoppolo, who they think is a good quarterback just for nothing. They're going to try to hold on to him for as long as possible and, and get a return for the Niners sake. I hope that Watson gets picks a new destination and a Jimmy trade happens in the next week or so, because that eventually frees up the $26 million that they can use in free agency. Because if they wait until later this summer, they wouldn't necessarily be able to use that money right now. So a lot of pieces at play, but, if you're a 49ers fan, you're hoping that Deshaun Watson picks a new destination ASAP and in turn that creates other quarterback movement and Jimmy Garoppolo gets moved as a result. Yeah, we thought that this would happen pretty quickly. And why? Because Jimmy said so. So on February 1st, Jimmy said as far as just the whole trade situation, John Lynch has been very clear with it. I think they're trying to do what's best for me. I'm trying to do what's best for them. And we're working together and really haven't made too much progress on it. But I think things will start happening here pretty quickly. Again, that was February 1st, so a month and a half ago. As you know, things have not happened pretty quickly. So I think you hit it on the head just as far as Watson's going to be the first domino. Let's say he goes to the Saints. Then now we have to figure out what happens with Baker Mayfield. And then what happens with Baker Mayfield, I think that's probably when we start to figure out what happens with Jimmy Garoppolo. So it's uh, other QB dominoes have to fall first. If I was going to say, if this ends with Baker Mayfield and Drew Locke in Seattle, oh, my God. Well, Beautiful. Man. Beautiful. Chef's kiss. Baker's not a good quarterback. And for Seattle to sign Baker, that would be the best news for the 49ers because that You said means, he's a pea shooter? Uh, he does have a pea. I would comfortably put my arm against Baker's. Um, what That would also mean Seattle's probably in the basement of the NFC West. So uh, even best case, that would be for sure best case scenario for the 49ers. All right. So as far as Jimmy goes. I think he's going to the Browns. I think, well, Chris Mortensen came out today and said that the, this was so messed up, but also hilarious at the same Underrated time. Underrated this. Yes. The Browns want an adult at quarterback, and they're going to move on from Baker Mayfield. To put that out in public is just 
wow, we are over this guy. There's no coming back from that. When you call somebody essentially a child, um, it, yeah, there's, there, as I said, there's no coming back from that. So we'll see where Baker goes. Hopefully it is Seattle. That way the 49ers can guarantee two wins on their schedule. If that's the case, Jimmy and Cleveland is a great fit. I think seamless transition. Cleveland runs the same offense as the 49ers. They have a great running game, great defense. They're young and up-and-coming team. Uh, that would be doing right by Jimmy. What type of compensation is a whole other question. So the Browns have a lot of picks that the 49ers could use early in the, in the top 100, I would say. So the Browns picks – 13, you're not getting that for Jimmy. 44, you hope, like you would love to get that for Jimmy. But realistically, uh, pick number 78, pick number 99 would probably be what the 49ers would receive. In this case, assuming, you know, the league values him in the same light as Carson Wentz, which oof, you you better hope that's the case. Uh, the other picks the Browns have are, are 106, which is one pick after the comp pick the 49ers did have before uh the, tr the Trey Lance trade that they had to give to Miami. And then they have picks 117, 201, 222, uh, 221. So um, plenty of picks to work with for the 49ers if they are discussing a deal for um, Cleveland to and Jimmy. Jim Trotter said it's not he, – he doesn't believe that the 49ers are going to release Jimmy. So th maybe that's why they're going to hold on to Jimmy. They're going to just hope and pray that you know, other teams – need a quarterback and in a, a league where you know everybody needs a quarterback you'd think so marcus Mariota is the only other quarterback available i don't know what that says about like what that says about jimmy's value the fact that you know the steelers chose a guy who didn't even play last year mitch trubisky and when he did play prior he was benched like he wasn't good they and he chose got a, him he got a three times raise too so he's, he basically tripled his value by not playing. Um, that is something to keep an eye on. Well, or that, I guess, just talking about that situation is kind of mind-numbing. Uh, we just talked about the Washington Commanders. They chose Wentz over Jimmy. So like, what does that say that Jimmy wasn't really anybody's plan A? It says quite a bit, but I'm also not surprised. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, right, middle-of-the-road quarterback who's, had, who's experienced team success, who has a lengthy injury history, who has only one year, you know, uh, left on his contract at $27 million. And on top of that, he's not going to participate in OTAs. If you're a team trading for him, you would like your quarterback to work with the receivers, the running back, the offensive line, the tight ends at OTAs in April, May, June. Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo can't throw the football until 4th of July, supposedly, right, in that, in that neighborhood. That's not ideal. And to pay to trade, you know, mid-round picks and pay $27 million on top of that, that's tough to stomach for a franchise. And I think that's what the 49ers are up against. And the problem is, right, it's a supply-demand thing. And once you, if you only have one team that's bidding, that team is just going to call your bluff and, and hope that you release Garoppolo so they can sign him for less. But um, with, with um, Garoppolo, ideally, if there's more than one team – then you can potentially create a bidding war and maybe a team ponies up uh, some draft picks to trade for him. So that's the hope. And hopefully once Deshaun Watson picks his destination, it can clear up a little bit, but it's just been, uh, it's just been a constant evolving thing with Jimmy Garoppolo. It's just been one thing after the other since the end of the season, after he basically admitted that he wasn't going to return.
Well, this hour, Jay Glazer said that teams involved in the Sean Watson trade talks believe an answer is coming perhaps as early as today, tonight. So if that happens, then we'll get the Baker, then we'll get the Jimmy. So cross your fingers, perhaps 24 hours from now, we will have an answer of where Jimmy's destination is. So we'll see. Um, okay, let's let's talk about what else we got going on here in 49er land. So the team signed Charveris Ward, who quarterback from the Chiefs, and that's a name the team has been leaked to. So not, a, you know, not too surprising. I think, you know, I would have loved for the 49ers to sign, you know, the best of the best, like an elite guy like J.C. Jackson, who I think is elite, uh, Stephon Gilmore, who is elite, but at his age, it's a risk. And you don't know how, you know, you, you want to think long term. And I think by signing Charveris Ward, the 49ers thought long term because he's still young. And, you know, he has good size. He can run. He's for a 6'1 cornerback who, you know, I think he's 200 pounds. He's a lot more fluid than you'd expect. Um, I watched him quite a bit the last day and a half or so. And I, I was went out of my way to watch him against, like, the better receivers he went against. And he went against A.J. Brown. He went against Devontae um, Adams. He went against Devontae Adams. He went against the Cowboys receiver. So Mari Cooper, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb. And he went against the Chargers, who have Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. And the Broncos have a couple of good receivers. And he went against Jamar Chase, who got the best of him. But on the season, he gave up 400 yards. And, it, like, the Bengals game was really the only bad game. I think he, he had a the play. The 100-yard game. Yeah, he had a couple of plays here and there where, you know, sure, he gave up. He gave up a long catch. But again, when you're following number one wide receivers around, that's going to happen. That's inevitable. To, to think that Ward is going to be like a Jalen Ramsey right away, like that's not fair. But I think it's fair to point out he'll be 26 in May. And he's consistently gotten better every season. Like the more he's played, the more he's gotten better, which novel concept for the 49ers and some of their players. But I think it's a good signing. And I think that we're going to see the best version of Ward in this 49ers defense at his best. He's a press man cornerback who actually finds the ball very well. And I watched him drop three interceptions, which people are not going to want to hear. But the fact that he's getting his hands on these passes, I think that's a better takeaway than what his actual you know volume stats would say. Um, he has great numbers across the board when you just talk about the number of completions that uh, or sorry, his completion percentage allowed, touchdowns allowed. He only had three touchdowns last season. And again, he's, he has good ball production. He's also not missing tackles, which the 49ers put their cornerbacks in some difficult situations, and they ask a lot of them as far as in the running game. Uh, according to Sports Info Solutions, Ward missed seven tackles in the past two seasons. So that's, you know, great, a great number. Um, what You wrote a little bit about Ward. What were some of your takeaways from him? You hit on a lot of things. The first thing that popped up was how good of a tackler he was. I think he only missed 5% of his tackles, which was the eighth lowest rate uh, in the NFL last season. Uh, Eric Crocker and you, I feel like, are kind of our resident experts on defensive backs. And Crocker basically said that he was um, this press man corner that should be a good scheme fit, lengthy, quick, uh, just stays attached to receivers. And you know, that's something that the 49ers just haven't necessarily had. Um, he's young, like you mentioned, 25, 26 years old. He ran a 4-4 uh, at his Middle Tennessee Pro State. So Middle Tennessee State Pro Day, you know, so take it with a grain of salt. But that's speed that the 49ers haven't had at the outside cornerback position. 
And ultimately, you know, now you have Emmanuel Mosley and you have Traverius Ward going in as starters. Um, what that does is that doesn't force an Ambry Thomas into a starting role at the start of the season, right? He's going to be your number three corner injuries, whatever he'll be able to step up, but it doesn't put the pressure on him out, out of the gate. And I think that's really important. The other thing now is it just gives you some versatility. The 49ers can go sign a veteran corner, you know, uh, the Casey Haywards, the Price Callahans, whatever, to go play the nickel slot corner spot. They could, you know, move Emmanuel Mosley in and use Ambry Thomas on the outside in nickel packages, right? Which I think the 49ers did back in 2011, if I remember correctly, when they had Carlos Rogers and those guys. So there's some different options that they can that they can do with uh, signing war. They can also bring back Jason Verrett, you know, on a team-friendly deal. And now all of a sudden, if, if Verrett's healthy, you got three good corners. So just gives them f- some flexibility. But we knew all the reports that came out before free agency was that they were tied to outside cornerbacks, Gilmore, Ward, Jackson, et cetera. They were sniffing around on all these guys and on Ward, you know, 25, they've got him on a three-year deal. His guaranteed money is only $26 million. So he's cheaper than a JC Jackson. He's younger than a Stefan Gilmore. So I think that's probably what drove the 49ers that way. And it sounds like he was with the chiefs for the last four seasons. Sounded, sounds like he's a pretty high character, low key guy. So should fit the culture well on and off the field for the 49ers. So just a good move. I think it's just a solid signing. He's not on the JC Jackson elite cornerback tier, but he's a solid player. Do you overpay in free agency? Of course, that's just how the market works. But 49ers need an upgrade at cornerback. They went ahead and did it. Yeah, I think we have to just think about positional value here. It's cornerback, and it's one of the most important positions in football, and you have to pay that. And you have to pay that in free agency too. So knowing that, knowing the 49ers, cornerback was one of their greatest positions of need. They got a guy who can play. They got a guy who can run. They got a guy who can match up against the best because we've seen him do it. And again, it's not always going like he's not going to be Jalen Rams. He's not going to be JC Jackson, but they didn't pay him to be like that. And how the 49ers value their team and how they've been building their team is through the defensive line. So the cornerbacks get a bump because of the pass rush. And knowing that, I think there's a better chance of this war deal looking much better two seasons from now um, than, you know, just complaining about missing out on another guy or they didn't sign the first or second best cornerback. They signed the, the fourth or fifth best corner. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. And it's all about value and free agency. And I think they, they went the right direction in this case. So, yeah, no, no real issues with Traverius Ward. And I actually think he's going to be a lot better than people think. And, uh, he'll it'll look better in a couple of years so the other the only other person that the 49ers signed was a special teamer linebacker Oren Brooks uh, he played for the Packers he's one of the league leaders in special teams tackles and that's where he's probably going to make um his hay for the for San Francisco so the, a mark the Packers, place replacement yep just with a lot more athleticism and a lot more upside so he was selected 18 picks after Fred Warner so it's not like he's a late round pick he's uh drafted in the third round in 2018. So as I mentioned, special teams guy, one of the league leaders in special teams tackles last season, the Packers ran a three, four. So he, he really wasn't a great fit there. Um, perhaps he's a, you know, Sam linebacker, third linebacker, which kind of brings us to the real question is what they do with Aziz Alshire and Dre Greenlaw. So the 49ers placed a second round tender on Aziz Alshire. And that means Alshire goes from making, I think, like 700K in 2021 to now 398, or sorry, 3.98 million specifically. And that means 
though that's before a potential long-term extension or if they work out a deal, which I hope they do. But Drake Greenlaw is in the final year of his contract, and the 49ers could potentially trade him um, by paying Burks and giving him essentially a two-year, $5 million contract. That doesn't seem like they're expecting Al Shire and Greenlaw both to come back because you're probably just looking at what they played in Azachia, like that was a veteran minimum contract. So I think they're expecting more out of Burks, which means one of the, the Al Shire or Greenlaw duo is on their way out. I said the same last night. And I've been saying it now for a few weeks, and I feel like everyone gets upset because they think that I hate Dre Greenlaw, which isn't the case. I think he's a good young player, but it's it's just a it's a giant puzzle, right? So let's look, let's step back and take a look at it. Dre Greenlaw is due to make about two and a half million dollars this season. I think he's only guaranteed about eighty-two thousand dollars of that. So you can release him and save about two and a half million dollars, basically, or, or trade him. Sorry, not release him. Um, then you have Aziza Alshire, who's a restricted free agent. The 49ers put a second round tender on him. So what does that mean? If, uh, you know, Aziza Alshire is free to negotiate with other teams. If he signs an offer sheet and he, you know, changes teams, the 49ers will get a second round pick. I don't think any team's going to give up a second round pick for Aziz Alshire. So that basically tells you he's going to be back next season at about $4 million or like KP alluded to, 49ers could, um, you know, come to a long-term deal, you know, with him at a lower price potentially for this season. So the 49ers have Fred Warner under contract long-term. He's making big money. Now they have Aziz Alshire, who's making $4 million next season at this current tender price. Then they signed Oren Burks on a two-year $5 million deal. And we don't know what his cap hit is because we don't know what his signing bonus is. I'd imagine he's making the veteran minimum, which is about a million dollars. And so I'd assume his cap hit after everything's around $2 million in that neighborhood probably. So now... You've got three linebackers that are making at least or as much money as Dre Greenlaw. And then on top of that, they, you know, tendered Demetrius Flanagan Foles for next season, who I know they like as well. So now you've got four capable linebackers, and I just think they're going to be able to use that $2.5 million elsewhere, right? We've talked about it. That's the money that Arden Key and Kwaski Tart made last season. And I think Dre Greenlaw is valued around the league as a young linebacker, up-and-coming player. They could definitely get a day three pick for him. They did this with Jonas Jonas Griffith last season. They traded him to Denver for a sixth sixth round pick. I think they can get at least that for Dre Greenlaw. And I think he's on the table. And I think he gets moved at some point before the draft. I think so too. And I think that's good business. So just based on business. They they drafted him in the fifth round. And to get any sort of compensation back for him, which just would be icing on the cake. But they got decent productivity out of Greenlaw, you know most fifth round picks don't even make it as far as Greenlaw did. So I don't think there's anything wrong with dealing him and essentially getting potentially better compensation back. So that'll, that'll be nice. And yeah, I'd agree. I think come the start of the season, Greenlaw won't be on the roster. And I think that's the correct decision because if you're picking between Greenlaw and Al Shire, Al Shire is better for today's day. And a lot of people will just, you know, remember the pick six, for example, week one against the lions, that was great play, but down to down, Greenlaw, I don't. I think he's just not as aggressive as he needs to be against the run. I think Al Shire has proven to be a playmaker. You don't fake 22 tackles for loss in your essentially your first full season of starting. And as I mentioned, like he he was getting his hands on passes. He just seems like Al Shire seems like he would be more sustainable moving forward. And I'm I'm interested to see how the 49ers handle this moving forward. But um, 
there are some more free agent signings going on or free agent releases going on as a new league year has gone underway. Julio Jones is going to be a popular one for 49ers fans because, um, you know, the Kyle Shanahan ties. And when he was with Shanahan, he said career highs. That is our producer, Rob, cannot wait for the 49ers to sign Julio Jones. In fact, he has gone out of his way to tell us that he hopes that is the only move the 49ers make for the rest of the offseason. Julio Jones. So he, the Titans released um, Julio to save $9.5 million. Who knows? I mean, Kyle Shannon will be interested in Julio Jones as long as Julio has a pulse. But, I mean, at this point, you know, he, he's been banged up. He's probably going to cost a lot, even though he has been banged up. But I I wouldn't. I would just continue to build through the draft. The, the only receiver I wanted them to sign in free agency um, was one of the returners that they have. And they still have a chance to get like a Ray Ray McLeod. But Shaquem Grant, I feel like, would have been great for this offense. But that is not going to happen. Is there any guy out there that you want the 49ers to sign? DJ Reed was my other guy, but that's not going to happen either. That was a good one. DJ Reed, but he also got $11 million. I, I tweeted this yesterday. The 49ers day three draft picks have been doing pretty well. I mean, since John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan took over, George Kittle day three pick, big contract. DJ Reed, $11 million player. DJ Jones, $10 million player. Um, Dre Greenlaw, starting linebacker. Elijah Mitchell, starting running back. They just continue to find these, find these guys on day three that are either productive, getting big deals for other teams, et cetera. So good on them, but... Uh, I think slot corner is still, still a pretty big need. I know our own Jordan Elliott pretty high on Casey Hayward. Um, so that could be a fit there. Um, I'm interested to see what they do at edge. Uh, Arden Key is still a free agent. Now, does he you know, want to return? Um, I thought the 49ers did the right thing by letting G.J. Jones walk. Um, I mean, good for him. That's just a lot of money to pay for a two-down defensive tackle when the 49ers have invested a top 15 pick in Javon Kinlaw, so I, I completely understand that. Uh, but I would like to see Arden Key come back um, just because he was he was such a good player down the stretch for the 49ers, and I'm guessing another season in this system with Chris Kacarek, he's only going to get better. So would love to see that um, at safety. We've talked about it. I don't think he's coming back, but bringing back Kwaski Tart would be would be a nice move as well. I'm interested to see how what they do there long term. I know this draft has some good safeties that they could potentially develop under Tart next season. Um, with the safety market, I know Jordan Whitehead signed, signed kind of a discounted deal with the Jets. So it seems like the safety market's pretty su- suppressed. So I think the 49ers can get Tart back on a, uh, on a small deal. So I think defensively, just signing some of their own guys um, and then how they address the offensive line, right? Right tackle, Mike McGlinchey, injury question mark. Dan Brunskill, he's tendered, so he's probably going to be your starting right guard. What do they do at left guard is Aaron Banks. Um, or do they go the veteran route? Um, so some questions there as well, but I don't think they're going to have, I don't think they have any big swings left um, after uh, the whole Jimmy Garoppolo stuff, but how do they fill in the depth of this roster, right? You know, I, I think fans get enamored by the big moves teams like the Jaguars make, but I think good teams find depth pieces in free agency and they really develop their high-end talent through the draft is just how I look at it, which is what the Niners have done. Yeah, the 49ers don't really have many holes to fill, like as far as like those top end positions. They're, the roster's in a pretty good position. So um, Ward, Traverius Ward was the one you know, position. That was the that one they hole. Yeah. And, they, and they addressed it. So next, as you mentioned, it's what happens at safety? What happens along the offensive line? Do they roll the dice and bet on Aaron Banks or Jalen Moore? Or do they go get a guy who, like maybe Eric Flowers, who was a tackle and now he's a left guard? And they're, they're, they have options and there's that's a good thing. 
So we'll see how it all shakes out. We've got plenty of time for all that. Um, hopefully, the next time we are talking, we have a destination for Jimmy Garoppolo. That will do it for us, though. Um, March Madness is up. This is a busy sports weekend. This is a great time, actually. We've got baseballs back, spring training, March Madness, NFL free agency. Uh, we are going to be glued to our phones all week. And again, uh, the next time you hear from us, hopefully there is a breaking in Jimmy podcast about it. But um, thank you, as always, for listening to us. Uh, leave a five-star review, wherever it is you get your podcast. Rate, subscribe, review. Akash, where can we find you on the social media? You can find me at A-K-A-S-H-A-N-A-V. And as always, at NinersNation.com, where our team's doing just fantastic work throughout free agency, dropping heat on all the new signings and uh, potential signings. Agreed, man. Uh, very proud of the way our team's going. And we're not done. we got a few more days to go, and we will see if the 49ers choose to retain anybody. But again, as always, thanks for listening, and go Niners.